Hi, this is Keith. And this is Kami. And, and we're, we're from, from monkeyzero.net. Thank you so much for joining us today. We're going to do another podcast today, and we're going to be talking about a few things today. I think the first thing we want to talk about is uh, a new album just came out about over a week ago, and it's called Smile by Katy Perry. And this album has been in the makings for about five years now, and... No, three years, my bad. And um, everyone's been waiting for this album from her ever since the Witness era did not do very well. Um, Kami and I are going to talk about how that impacted us, our first impressions of it, and what we thought about it when we first heard it, and where it could go in the future. Um, so, yeah, that's what we'll be talking about first. But I'm going to let Kami, uh, I'm going to ask Kami this question first. Um, what was your first thought, honestly, when you first heard the album from beginning to end? I really enjoyed it. I thought it was, you know, pretty upbeat or um, up-tempo. Mm -hmm. um, there wasn't much for a lot of slowness. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I just felt like it was a good, positive album. And in a way, I kind of think maybe that was because she was in... You know, well, I know it went over a long period of time, but mm -hmm. um, when it was finally released, you know, she was pregnant and had just mm -hmm. had her baby and everything. Mm -hmm. I think maybe all that positivity, you know, positive energy, she's happy in life, mm -hmm. getting ready to get married, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So I think that translates to the music and the music definitely was going for a, uh, for a happy feel. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what I got from it right away. All right. Yeah. I, I, I will say I, you know, she had released about five or six singles before the album was actually put out. So definitely, um, it was, I was anxious to see where she was going to go with it. She did say when the album was coming out, it was Teenage Dream plus Prism plus Witness all wrapped up into one album. So technically it was almost her whole career wrapped into an album, which is a lot. But I will say that, you know, when I first heard it, I was shocked, um, but not in a bad way. I feel like it was very, um, it kept going and it did not have a lot of times where we were, um, you know, feeling like it's dragging or it just wasn't part of the album or whatever. Um, I will say for me, uh, the album as a whole definitely sounds like a dance party. Um, since we're in COVID right now, I feel like this is the perfect time to have an album like this to, uh, show that, you know, we, we need some fun and we need to not think about life and we need to think about how, everything is going on in the world and this is just us dancing through our pain and, you know, not being able to go out and enjoy time with people. This is kind of what I think Gaga did with, with Chromatica. I feel like this is kind of her version of that and just saying like, we're going to have fun. It's going to be okay. You know, there's a lot of positive anthems on this album, but there's also, you know, there's times where she needs to be vulnerable, but it's a very good album and I can't wait to see where this goes in about 10 years. Um, let alone five years. Um, but yeah, uh, and you know, wh what do you think could happen in like five years with this? Or where do you think her career could go? Good Lord, it's kind of, it's hard to tell with careers anymore because every artist puts out something completely different mm -hmm. with every album. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's really hard to keep up. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I think that, uh, you know, if this album does well, that she might continue on doing the... Um, you know, more positive vibes in her mm -hmm. music, mm -hmm. but she may change the, 
bass sound a little bit. Okay. If that makes sense. Yes, it does. Um, you know, because you don't want to have the exact same thing. You want to have a smile 2.0. Right. But you can still have the positive energy going mm-hmm. and change up your sound. Exactly. So I think that might be what she does. Um, okay. Plus, by then, she'll have had some more life experiences. She'll have been experiencing motherhood. Mm-hmm. Um, that right there, I know, gives somebody a lot of um, inspiration for mm-hmm. um, songwriting and artistry of whatever they're doing. Right. Um, so I think that could have a big effect on... Um, uh, as far as like uh, song content itself, like in the lyrics. Right. So where do you see this going? Uh, I see this going um, in the next few years. Honestly, I feel like this album was a prism 2.0 um, in a way that she could, in a way she was trying to not emulate that success, but just prove that she can still do that up-tempo uplifting dance music in a different way. Um, I feel like you're, you touched on a really, uh, interesting subject, which I forgot about is that, yes, she is a mom. And now that she is a mom, she could move on from that. And she could just talk about, you know, what it is to be a mom and, you know, where that could take her, you know, one person that I see is a mom and then was still killing it after she was a mom was Britney Spears. Um, you know, she had two kids and she kept making great records and just, was killing it and i feel like if she wants to be that person she wants to be creatively um fulfilled in her life i feel like that could be something for her and she could just go on and be a mom by day and be a pop star by night and you know that that can work for some people um i know she definitely said in in an interview that she will never be able to turn off her creativity in a way but um, she'll probably put out another record now being a full mom um, and just, you know, not being just pregnant. And I feel like if that's something that, you know, she wants, then that could be amazing. If not, and that's okay too. And I feel like, you know, she's done a lot in her career thus far. It's been about technically about 13 years she's been doing this. So I feel like she's, earn some time on her own with her child and her fiance. And I feel like, you know, if she does make another record, this could be like, just not so much for sales. It's more about just because she wants to make a record. Um, Most moms or people, when they get to a career where they just don't care about the sales anymore, they just make music to make music. That's just what some people want. And I feel like she's going to get to that point now that she's a mother that it's not all about that. It's about her child and her life and just making music at the end of the day. So. Okay. Well, that's cool. Cause I was going to ask if, you know, you had any fears that she would decide, you know, to go full-time mother and give up her career, but you just answered that. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. but it, it's kind of good that, you know, you see a positive look for her cause I would hate for her to quit making music. I mean, obviously we want her and her family to be happy, but of course I would hate for her to, you know, quit making music and um, putting out videos and everything just because, I mean, she's very creative. She's very unique mm-hmm. and you never really know what she's going to come up with next. I agree. And with that. I can understand if she doesn't tour for a while, cause you know, you don't mm-hmm. want to miss out on your kids early years. Exactly. But it would be nice to at least see her continue to, uh, you know, keep her career going. I hope that's, that's the direction it goes just like you do. Yeah. I think that that's definitely something that 
any, you know, pop star has to make that decision is that, you know, when they have kids, if they do want to have kids is, you know, are you going to just put your career on hold and just continue to focus on your kids until you're ready to make a comeback in a way? Or are you going to continue to flourish with your career and with your child? Or do you just want to focus on being a mom and, you know, many pop stars have gone in all three directions. So it's just a matter of your, your preference. And, you know, she says, you know, she'll continue to make albums and records and songs, but that does not mean that she could change her mind in a year or two after she's already had her kid, you know, um, people asked her that she's like, you know, I don't think I could ever stop being creative. You know, um, she made a point that Beyonce has like twins and a daughter. So she has three kids and she just made, um, Black is King, which is like a companion visual album for The Lion King. So um, I think she's, if she wants to continue to do that, that's her prerogative. There have been other people in the business that have been able to be a mom and still kill it as a businesswoman, whether that's as a pop star or just as a smart uh, business investor. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where Smile heads into um, and where Katie's next step is and where she wants to continue. Because I will say, you know, a lot of the pop stars that I've grown up with are at that age where they're like, you know, they're wanting to not so much like settle down, but just they're not young anymore. So they're not like pro pro or marketable anymore as much as, you know, like when they were younger and they had their teen years and they were making amazing records and just, you know, having the best time of their life in their career and now it's like they just kind of want to scale back on that it's almost like it's a side job not so much their main career um so you know as i'm growing up they are growing up too and i just see that with people and you know people getting married and people having kids and people you know building a life and you know that's kind of, you know they did the whole teen thing for a hot minute and they grew up with that and now they're getting older and they just want to enjoy their life and if music's there too that's awesome if not that's just part of their life so i agree with that but um yeah so i definitely think that that's where she could go in the next at least five years i mean i'm sure she'll at least put out a record one more at least just because you know usually most moms like to have one record out after they've had a kid i think madonna did that with ray of light you know that was like her first record after her son or her daughter and um and so, and Britney Spears did that with Circus. And so, you know, a lot of people have records after kids just because they, in a way, like want to bounce back from that time in their life. But, um, you know, I don't know if she's going to be doing what like California Girls did, where it was just breaking records and just blowing people's minds and, or even Dark Horse or Teenage Dreamer, you know, whatever. So it'll be interesting to see where she goes from this and, you know, her next record, if she does put out a record, it'll be interesting to see what that is about. And if she'll go the Madonna route where it was more like godly, but psychedelic, or if it's going to be like, you know, Britney Spears, where she's like, she's still got it. And, you know, she she can make vulnerable music, but still make pop records and make good music. So it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Can't wait. Yep. Yep. All right. So, um, but did you notice though, when you were hearing smile that, um, there was like a trend of like eighties disco-y pop. I'm not saying smile was eighties, but it had that disco-y dance feel. Have you noticed that trend has been coming back in the uh, past like few months of people releasing music? 
Oh God. Yes. Um, <laughs> it was all over chromatica. It was all over, um, the, uh, recent single releases of Miley Cyrus's midnight sky and, mm-hmm. um, Kylie Minogue, mm-hmm. um, and uh little mix Mm -hmm. i mean you can tell that the 80s are coming back and Mm -hmm. you know i grew up in that time period granted i was still little but i grew up in that time period and Mm -hmm. so it's bringing back all the nostalgia for me right and uh especially watching the little mix video for breakup song Mm -hmm. where it was using the little felt cutouts and everything and oh yeah they had the you know 80s big hairstyles and the tacky clothes and all that stuff Yes. Um, that was hitting like every nostalgia point for me. Right. And I definitely noticed though, it seems like we are bringing the eighties back, um, yes. almost full speed. Oh yeah. I, I, I will attest that. I mean, I didn't grow up in the eighties, so I don't, you know, you know that more than I do. So that's why I'll look to you and I'll just ask and be like, what was this like at that time? But, um, yeah, I definitely hear that influence a lot of in the in today's at least this year's past music of just making 80s or dance disco-y music, you know, like you said Chromatica was like that and Kylie Minogue's new song is like that and um you know, Little Mix and Miley Cyrus I think blew it out of the water. I know you've read of that and that's probably one of your favorite songs by her right now, but um isn't it funny though that things come full circle? It's a cycle for music and how they'll you know do 80s back in the day and then lately it's been coming back into the forefront with certain people making records about the 80s you know i think the first time i really heard a 80s inspired record was 1989 by taylor back in 2014 which was like the first time i actually dove into like an 80s inspired world of you know that that time and then a year later, Carly Rae Jepsen released Emotion, which was another 80s inspired record. And, um, you know, now we're five, six years later, you know, we're still hearing it in the in pop music today of just like, that's where people want to go. And that's where people are trying to profit on because it's, you know, people are realized that the 80s made an impact in the time. And now you hear um you hear it in today's music, it just changes things. So it really does. And I think maybe maybe the eighties stick out because it was such, it was kind of a breakaway and a revolution from the music that was out up until then. Right. You know, with the seventies, sixties and further down, Mm -hmm. it was kind of a revolution of its own. So, you know, it's, it's not ever going to go away. I don't think No, it'll definitely be like a cycle where every now and then eighties music will rear its head Mm-hmm. Out of the out of the little hole, like a little um, prairie dog. And <laughs> yeah. Be like, Look, don't forget about me. <laughs> I caused a revolution, and exactly. now now I'm coming back for a little while before I go retire a little bit, right? And, and chill in my little prairie dog hole. Right. I definitely think that that's where. I think that's why you know I mentioned and you mentioned the cycle is that music always goes in cycle. You know, for a hot minute there was hip hop, and then you know we had rap, of course, with that and you know, 80s music was a thing. And then I remember in the early 2010s, uh, there was like dance electro pop was the big thing. And, um, you know, people were doing like rock music before that and just, you know, pop rock. And um, so it'll be, it's interesting to see how things fully come back in a way, even if it's not exactly what they did back in the 80s, it's definitely their version of it. And it makes it sound, if not better, 
than the original. Um, I'm not trying to knock the original because the original is what started that revolution. But I will say that, you know, hearing like early Madonna stuff for Cyndi Lauper or, you know, uh, Eurythmics or stuff like that, you hear that and then you listen to stuff now. It definitely has a different feel, of course, because they don't want to copyright it right out. But I definitely feel like there's that that instance of you know what we're going to make a 80s inspired record or an 80s inspired song and we're just going to go with that and um you know in a way that's like the trend of what's going on in music right now is you know if you're on the trend you're making money and at the end of the day you're selling records and you're getting money in your bank account so that you can enjoy your life so you're doing your job and um if that means that you have to jump on a a trend that isn't great um to not make an amazing album then sometimes you just have to knit it and grit it and just hope that it does well and sometimes it'll come out amazing and you never know so it'll be interesting to see where we where music goes next like honestly what uh to answer or to ask you this question where do you think music could go next because i know music's evolving um every day so um where do you think it could go in like the next year or so Good Lord have mercy. Um, <laughs> well, the thing with music is it's so unpredictable. Mm-hmm. I mean, we really don't know what trend is going to come in next because all it really takes is one or two people to, you know, come up with something and say, hey, this is cool. Mm-hmm. And if they're putting it out there enough and if their, you know, influence is strong enough, it'll take over the whole industry saying, right. hey, this is where you got to go. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to predict for, you know, form's sake, maybe it's going to go into a more 90s feel next. Okay. You know, since that came after the 80s, maybe mm-hmm. they're just going to go straight into 90s. Maybe it's going to go into something totally off the wall that we haven't even thought of yet. Yeah. Um, Who knows? You know, I, I really don't know um, where it could go. But like I said, that's some of the best things about music is that you just really don't know what's going to come next. Right. All it takes is a couple loud voices to change the entire direction. I agree with that. I definitely think that, you know, that's why I think with music, it's you have to in some way keep an open mind with with your artists that you like. You know, sometimes you'll you'll listen to an album and you'll be like, wow, like that was such an amazing record. And then you'll hear another one and you'll be like, uh eh. That wasn't that great. Like, I know you had just listened to Alanis Morissette's new album, um, and you weren't really a big fan of it. It was too slow, or it just wasn't a. It wasn't what you would normally hear from Alanis Morissette. Because um, I know her earlier stuff, you really loved um, "Jagged Little Pill" and stuff like that. So, um, I definitely think it's interesting how music has to change to go with the times. But if you make the same album twenty times, it's not going to sound the same. So, I, I definitely agree to that. So, it's I definitely part of the part of the evolution of an artist. Hmm. Definitely. I mean, you know, you hear Gaga is like a, she made, you know, like two or three dance inspired records and then she went into jazz and then she went into country rock and then she made a movie and now she's back to her dance roots. So it's just funny to hear how she went through all of that to kind of come back to where she was at the beginning of it all. And, you know, you hear, but of course, Chromatica sounds nothing like art pop or born this way or the fame monster, you know, all of those 
ha- are different in their own way, which is smart because as an artist, you have to evolve. But I think she really threw us a curveball with the jazz album and the country rock album and the, the star is born movie album. And um, so, I mean, as an artist, you need to keep people guessing, but you know, if you have enough star power and you make good music, you, it shouldn't matter what you make if, as long as you're doing what you love, you know, that's all that matters at the end of the day. So very true and um you know again it's like the cycle of you know music trends coming back well then you've got the artists that are coming back to their roots and Mm -hmm. kind of you know revisiting uh what really got them started and what made them who they are right so it's again it's that cycle exactly um anyways to uh kind of touch on Katy perry again um in a way, Smile, if you think about it, it was like a reinvention for her. Because if you hear the the last song on the album, which is called What Makes a Woman, at the end, she has this like five to six second like little message. She says, that's it, Catherine. And her name is Catherine Hudson, if anyone doesn't know. Um, and of course, her stage name would be Katy Perry. Um, I see this as a way of reinventing herself for a remake of herself because she, I feel like she started her back to her roots of what she wanted to do, not so much what Katie wanted to do. And she tried to achieve that with Witness because Witness was a more vulnerable, it was a different record for her. You know, she cut her hair, she dyed it blonde. Um, everyone was comparing her to Justin Bieber at the time and Miley Cyrus and everyone was saying she was going crazy and on drugs and, you know, she was just not acting like the Katy Perry we knew. And, um, so in a way, Smile is like a remake for Katy and to kind of say, well, this is a, this is Catherine's album, not Katy's album. And, you know, what do you think about that? Like, how do you feel about like it being a remake of herself in that sense? I, I could see that, um, you know, and when you do remakes and stuff, um, to do a good job of it, you have to add a little something different into it. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't just take the same exact thing and, right. you know, repeat it, mm-hmm. but you kind of want to stay faithful to um, to the original as well. So right. it's kind of like if you take... Um, you know, some of the musical inspirations um, while still bringing your, um, you know, some originality to it. Right. Then that's okay. Just like when you have remakes and stuff for TV and movies, mm-hmm. it's like, you don't want the exact same um, show or, or movie. Right. Um, you know, you need something a little different, but you still want it to feature like uh, what they call plot beats, mm-hmm. um, which is basically just the important um, parts of the story that, you know, really drive the, the right. tale. Right. So it's kind of the same concept in, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. I definitely think that, you know, that doesn't just go, like you said, for music, that goes for anything that you remake, not just your image, but like for a story, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to keep the core of the story, but you make it better in a way, Sometimes that can come out great, but sometimes that can come out bad. My first example that really pops into my mind um, is uh, is Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, you know, Robert England did the original 
uh, I can't remember how many movies they did. I think they did like four or five. And um... oh no, they did more than that. Oh okay, <laughs> it was well, about my bad. I think. I think it was like seven or eight. Okay, well, they made a lot of sequels <laughs> to the movie, but when they officially made the remake with Jackie Earl Ely, um, I feel like that was kind of, it was in a way like it was a different representation of what they did with the story, but also it showed more insight to what he was. It wasn't just a, it wasn't the implied idea of what everyone thought he was. You got more in-depth of what he was like, what was your first impression when you saw that movie? Honestly? Well, usually when it comes to, especially horror remakes, mm-hmm. um, I don't think they usually do a good job. Um, mm-hmm. Friday the 13th being a big yes. one, but yes. Friday, uh, nightmare on Elm street. I was actually really impressed with. Okay. Um, I, I wouldn't necessarily say it's better than the original, right. but it's definitely like, I could say they're on par with each other. Right. Um, because it kept all of the important story beats. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the scenes were taken kind of almost, um, you know, in a way almost exactly the same. Um, mm-hmm. Just, I think, for nostalgia's sake. Right. But there was enough of it that was different mm-hmm. to bring something new. Such right. as in the original, mm-hmm. we just kind of got the sense that, you know, when Freddie was alive, he was like a, a child killer. Right, but in this one, I feel like they took it even darker than that. Oh yeah, and made it obvious that he wasn't just a child killer; mm-hmm. he was also a child molester. Yes, and so it kind of hit that little bit of a darker place. Mm-hmm. Um, which at the time, I believe uh, in the original, they were gonna go in that direction. Right, but for some reason, um, the trivia escapes me at the moment they decided to take out the child molester part and just go with the child killer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like that they kind of brought that aspect back. Mm-hmm. And I liked that instead of just them talking about, uh, you know, like Freddie's uh, real life death and everything. Right. Um, we got to actually see for ourselves in flashbacks, um, the townspeople actually chasing him to the boiler room and throwing the Molotov cocktails through the window and lighting right. the fire right. and him burning up. Mm-hmm. Cause it just, it just gave it a little something extra. Cause you know, sometimes when you just talk about it on screen, it doesn't have the same impact. I agree and, with that. and so not that it would give you any sympathy for Freddie having mm-hmm. to go through being burned alive, mm-hmm. but it would help you understand where some of his rage is coming from. Right. I mean, he deserved everything he got and then some. He did. Um, but it gave him a backstory. You know, it, it gave him a, a good, healthy backstory that, mm-hmm. you know, drove the plot that he's not just some dream demon. Um, he actually did things that were, in a way, worth them doing what they did to him. Exactly. And in some cases, what he did in real life was almost worse than what he did um, as a, you know, yeah. dream demon. Yeah. Um, but I really liked it. Um, I liked right. the new aspects that they they had to it. Right. Um, I think the actors really pulled it off having uh, fresh faces that, you know, we were semi-familiar with, but not um, not A-listers. Right. Um, you know, that, that helped a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of the few instances where I think the remake um, really did a good job of bringing, bringing right. its a game. Yeah. Um, 
Whereas a lot of others, not as much. <laughs> I will agree with that. You're right. I mean, one that for me that really just didn't do well, honestly, and I, I know you'll agree with this one and you'll be like, yes, you're so right, is uh, Fantastic Four that was made in 2015. Um, uh, in, you know, they had the original come out in 2006 and 2000 or 2005 and 2006 is when they came out with the original you know, Mr. Fantastic, Invisible Woman, The Thing, and Human Torch, and they had really good, they, they weren't really well-known actors. They Some of them were, but some of them weren't. And um, so it was good to kind of bring that fresh, a couple fre- fresh faces in, but they did so well with that story. And, you know, the way that they talked about their powers and everything. And that I'd like to call that the original Fantastic Four from when I was growing up. And I know that there was another movie back in the day, but that one never really got made. But I, um, when I saw the one that came out in 2015, cause I was so excited. Cause I was like, Oh, this will be interesting. And I went and saw it and it was just horrible. And I could not believe that Fox even had its name on it to even make this movie. And, you know, cause Fox did so well with X-Men and, you know, other superheroes that they had rights for and, when they made the remade, the fantastic four, I just felt like it just should not have been remade. You know, that was one movie that, you know, had just made me question like where superhero films going to go in the future for Fox, because, you know, Marvel was doing it. Marvel in the sense of like, they were making Avengers and they were making all these other movies and they were killing it, but they just didn't do well with it with that one. And I just, I remember going to see it and then leaving and saying like, wow, like, do I feel like I just wasted $10 watching a remake of a movie that just was crap? Like that was really bad. Yes. It was a waste of $10 and a couple hours of life. Yeah. Um, It was bad. Well, I see what they were trying to do. They were going with the uh, ultimate um, Marvel universe. Yeah. Which is like an alternate, um, Kind of like a multiverse in a way. Exactly. Yeah. So I give them credit for trying to do something a little different, but it was boring. It was boring. (laughs) It was boring. It took forever for them to get their powers. Yes. Then when they did, they barely even used them. I mean, I know you still want to have plot and everything, but sometimes you want some good old flashy, you know, wow me on the screen. Yeah, definitely. Didn't really have any of that. Even the Mm -mm. final battle was incredibly underwhelming. Oh, it was. I was waiting for this. I was like, maybe this will hold the movie. Maybe this end battle will like be the savior of the whole movie for two hours. And nope, it was really underwhelming. It was incredibly underwhelming. I just, oh. I know. I Till this day, I will probably not, unless I absolutely have to, I will not watch that movie again because, um that one was just terrible and i feel bad for all the actors that had to go through that but also i do feel like they picked wrong actors to play those roles um there were a few people in there like kate mara she wasn't really an up-and-coming actress she was in house of cards which is a tv show and she had been in other things but not a lot and miles teller is not a great actor as a guy because everyone said that he was just horrible on set and there was just a lot of animosity and then you know, Michael B. Jordan, which was crazy to pick him for Human Torch. I know why they did it, but it's just like, why did y'all have to pick now to be it? And, you know, the big thing for me is that if Sue Storm and Johnny Storm are supposed to be related, well, does that mean he's adopted? 
because actually they they did address that one they did i'm trying to remember what happened yeah that was my bad remember that um she was actually the one that was adopted because johnny oh. and his his father was i think um one of the bigger scientists or something mm-hmm. and so they adopted her so at least they addressed that right as to you know them being related but they weren't blood related right but at least they did, you know, say, hey, yeah, this is the reason we have two completely different races. Um, for a know, brother and sister. For a brother and sister. Right. Well, that makes sense. But either way, I feel like there was just no continuity for the movie because there was nothing that, to me, it, it I, I get what, the, to me, it seemed like they were literally trying to remake exactly from frame to frame the first movie, except the big thing about... I think the biggest thing about that one was they were young and they were in a, it was a science experiment. It wasn't so much that they went out in space and something happened later. It was, you know, they had tried something and then it started out like that. And then things went crazy. And if I remember correctly, I think in the original fantastic four, they like went out in space and there was a problem because there was a flare in space and he, one of them was going out to repair part of the ship and then he was coming back and he got hit first and then the rest of the ship got hit was i wrong for that no you're right and okay. actually, and if if i remember correctly the characters were a little bit older like yes i think mid to late 20s and yes. i think actually um the thing he might have even been um a bit older than that yeah um but yeah the characters were aged a little bit more yeah. Um, the ones in the remake were all younger. In fact, like you said, it started off as a science experiment in mm-hmm. uh, like their senior class or whatever. Right. So it just didn't, it just felt like a bunch of amateur kids mm-hmm. messing around. I agree with that. And, but at the same time, it's like they were trying to make them more mature than they were. It, Right. I don't know. It was just a big old mess. It was. So to kind of touch on that, what would be, honestly, what would be a movie or a TV show that we've seen in the past few years that you would maybe want to see remade? Like, what would be something that you've seen and you could see them actually redoing it? Like, honestly, like, what would be something what you would want to actually pay money to see? Um, well, one thing I'd like to see um, maybe uh, would be the Resident Evil series. Um, you know, I know that the series kind of just ended a few years ago, so it's still a Mm -hmm. little fresh, but I'd kind of like them, like to see them do a reboot of that, that much more follows the, uh, basic plot of the games, you know, brings the characters from the games to life and is much more, um, you know, true to their personalities and their experiences and everything. Okay. Um, you know, don't get me wrong. I loved, uh, you know, the, the action series that we got, mm-hmm. um, you know, Mila Jovovich just killed it in every mm-hmm. single one of them. Oh yeah. Um, but I would like to see them remake it with something more true to the original and, right. you know, going on that, I'd kind of like to see them, um, maybe remake some of the uh older movies that have been okay. out like i'd like to see a um remake of clue one of my favorite okay. movies all right um you know it's uh it's a classic the original will always be awesome yeah but i'd like to see them do a remake but 
take it in a serious direction. The original was a comedy. Okay. I'd like to see them actually take this in a more, almost a more serious murder mystery kind of direction. Almost like, sorry to interrupt, but almost like the Knives Out movie in a way. Yes. Okay. Exactly. Something Mm -hmm. similar to that. All right. Where actually if Knives Out had taken place in that mansion Mm -hmm. and never left, that probably would have been as close as you could get. To a Clue movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I... I think that, you know, if you make a because I haven't seen Clue yet. I've only played the game, so I, I don't I've, I've never seen the movie. And I heard that there were like three alternate endings if you went to the movies back in the day to see different the end, the different endings or whatever. Um, but uh, I've never seen it, but I heard that it was like a comedy. So it wasn't like a serious murder thriller. And the closest thing I see to that is um, shockingly a Family Guy episode uh, called and then there were fewer and i know you know that episode because it's one of yours and my favorite episodes ever yes of family guy and i feel like that's kind of a clue-ish idea i know it was taken from a book and you know back in the day but um that's the closest thing i i see to like a clue you know uh adaption in a way to like a show you know you know the big thing about family guys they like to incorporate modern techno or modern culture or past culture in their shows and make it fun um so i definitely see that you know that's the closest thing i've seen to like an actual clue live action like i said i haven't seen the original but yeah that'd definitely be interesting to see since they just made knives out which it grew on me it took me a minute because i've seen it twice i saw it twice in the theater and um, I'm willing to see it again because that was a good movie and it was different how it like literally took you on twists and turns of you did not know who was who actually killed the grandfather and um, yeah it'll be interesting to see if they were to redo that that'd be interesting yeah um, that's probably why I liked that movie so much too was because I was getting vibes of maybe what I wanted in a Clue remake yeah um, from that movie so um, but yeah. definitely um what do you think you would want to see uh, remade? Um, that's a good question. Um, I would like to see, honestly, I wish they had just done this. Um, it's not so much a remake, but it's a, it'd be a sequel. Um, at the end of Dark Knight Rises, they had set up for, um, you know, Robin, which was the cop that had gotten taken out Um or not got taken out. He was, he was the last one standing from the cops when the bomb went off. Um, I would have liked to see them go further with that. I know it was a trilogy and it was supposed to leave you hanging, but it would be interesting to see if they were to like go back to that world, but like make it in modern day um, to see that. Um, that'd be interesting to see how they could like show Robin and maybe show a couple more villains in the movie to make a good movie to end with Christopher Nolan kind of ending that. But I know that that's kind of over um another movie i'd like to be re- redone is um uh hold on what was it it was it would probably be x-men just because um you know we had the first timeline which you know that was like the first 2000s the early 2000s to mid 2000s and then they made the sec- separate timeline with days of future past and that whole you know first class and you know stuff like that which was good but it'd be interesting to see where they'll go next with the with the um with the x-men because now that disney owns it and marvel's kind of got full fledged into mutants with the word term mutants and fox doesn't own that anymore 
Um, it'll be interesting to see where they'll go with X-Men because I will say not a lot of people liked Dark Phoenix when it ended. Uh, they thought it was kind of a, a sad, kind of underwhelming way to like end that like quadrilogy. But I loved it. I thought it was a perfect, you know, representation for Phoenix um, and here, the here. ending of that. <laughs> and um, I loved her version, even though Famkeen Jensen, I had a lot of high hopes for her and it was just underwhelming. So it was kind of sad, but I'm glad that they got give her, gave her a chance to uh, give her that spotlight that she needed. Um, Cause honestly, I don't think we saw her much in film other than Famkeen Jensen. We saw her on, I think the X-Men evolution series. She had, there was like a dark saga or the Dark Phoenix saga, like, in the show, if I'm wrong. Um, I think there was. And then, of course, in the original animated series we saw, mm-hmm. um, it was actually a total of 10 episodes, I think. Okay. The, the Phoenix saga and then the Dark Phoenix saga. Okay. So so, so she, she's gotten some exposure, but it hasn't always been done the greatest. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to see how they redo the X-Men trilogy. Um, one thing I want them to do also is not so much a reboot, but just start over is the DCEU. Yes. Um, because there have only been a couple movies that have come out of that that are great. Um, I would say Wonder Woman. I know you haven't seen that yet. And Aquaman was good. Um, but when they made Justice League and they made, um, you know, Batman v Superman and Man of Steel, it just wasn't good enough. And Honestly, we kind of touched on that in the last podcast of just they need to um, just start over and do what Marvel did and get a whiteboard and just, you know, have a flow chart, like you said, and just start over. And it'd be I would want them to redo it because honestly, the movies that are coming out in the next few years, a couple of years, you know, with the Batman and the Suicide Squad and, you know, they've got all these other DC movies coming out and it's like, that's good, but they have no relation to the plot. So why do you try to keep pushing the DCU EU open when you're just losing traction at that point? Yeah. But I think, I think what worked for Marvel was that they had Thanos as their overarching villain, Mm -hmm. you know, pulling the strings Mm -hmm. all along and everything from the beginning led up to that. And they don't really have that with DC. So no, um, I like to see them. I, I agree. They need to just kind of reboot the uh, the universe that mm-hmm. they're going for. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Well, I'll throw this out there. I swear okay. to everything holy uh. that if they remake Jaws, uh. I will seriously rain down hellfire and brimstone on this entire planet because Why? that movie that movie does not need to be remade. <laughs> the or, the original movie is perfect as it is yeah because the the old old school effects uh-huh. with the fake looking shark that's part mm-hmm. of the charm yeah that movie is like you know well you you know i was always watching yeah. one of them at least yeah um you know and i'm doing a special series on on it yeah um, but i think that's one of those that to me is like a you know you do not touch right jaws yeah because i don't think it would be the same with cgi sharks and i can't picture any other actors um stepping into those roles Mm -hmm. and it it just it would not have the same charm you'd have to 
you'd have to set it in modern times. Yeah. And it just, it would not work. It would fall apart. It would feel almost like a deep blue sea. It would. Um, you know, movie or something. I don't want to see them do it. Mm. I will have a fit if they do. I will say, you know, I feel like this wasn't a remake, but it was kind of a call to was when they made the Meg a couple years ago. <laughs> yes. And, and I will say, and I'm just going to be honest, I did fall asleep in it just because it got slow at some points, but I feel like they kind of took that idea of like, oh, let, let's make a shark movie. And it's like, okay, well, you don't make Jaws 2.0 because Jaws is its own entity. So, but I feel like the Meg and there have been other shark movies in the past that just like kind of just dabble in that world, but not so much like, you know, full blown, like re- reboot the entire thing, but Almost in a way, if you really think about it, almost every shark movie has something to do with Jaws, even if it's not the exact name. They're going to have something to do with a shark trying to kill people on a beach or trying to hurt people or whatever. That's just kind of basic knowledge because sharks live in oceans and people go to the beach or people go underwater and stuff like that. So that's normal. But I will say that, you know, almost every movie that has been made since Jaws, it's like nothing's going to compare to it. So, you know, I get you're trying to make money off of it, but just keep it in that direction. Don't try to make an exact copy. I agree with that. Exactly. And no matter what, they will always need a bigger boat. Exactly. (laughs) At the end of the day, that's just usually what they never think of that until it's too late, of course. So it doesn't matter. Well, I think uh, we've covered a lot in this podcast, but thank you so much for coming on with me i've enjoyed chatting about everything that's happened in the past couple weeks um i can't wait to start our next one but thank you so much for coming on yeah it was fun i enjoyed it till the next time yep all right well i'll see you later all right all right bye bye